Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, a preview of tonight's game versus the Florida Panthers, a look into some college prospects, and I open up the mailbag on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Hump Day to all the feathered friends out there. This is Locked On Anaheim Ducks, your daily podcast covering the OC's hockey team, and you will get fresh daily content Monday through Friday. So be sure to like, comment, and most of all, subscribe. Also, check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. Tonight, the Anaheim Ducks are back at the Ponda after splitting a couple of road games up in Western Canada. They split by beating Vancouver on Sunday and losing to Calgary once again on Monday afternoon. So the Ducks are back in town and they'll be playing tonight, Wednesday, February 19th against the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers are a team that has been struggling mightily lately. In fact, over their last eight games, they've lost six of them. In that stretch, since February 4th, the Florida Panthers are 2-5-1. And And the only reason for that second win is they beat San Jose Monday night at the Shark Tank. As far as defense goes for Florida, it has been awful. Over the past seven games, I'm going to go seven games here because that eighth game, they did lose to Columbus 1-0. But in their last seven games, the Florida Panthers have allowed... 34 goals over seven games. So they're averaging about five goals per game over their last couple of weeks. And one of those was an embarrassing loss to Vegas 7-2. And they even lost to Edmonton 4-1. And that particular loss to Edmonton kind of sparked a bit of anger in the Florida Panthers coach. Yes, we're talking about Joel Quenville. Joel Quenville, when he gets mad... He keeps it direct. I mean, very direct. After that embarrassing loss, he said his team was guilty of one of the worst sins in sports. And just a simple quote, we don't play hard enough. End quote. That's it. That's all he said. And he went on to say, we're too easy to play. Yeah. So he, those two quotes, we didn't play hard enough. We're too easy to play. So they're getting pushed around now? That's what it sounds like he's saying. Another quote from Joel Quinville about the effort of his team. Quote, it's just not good enough. We didn't have the puck at all. We had the puck, we'd give it away or we'd lose it. We didn't support it. We lose puck battles. They control the game and we're chasing it all game. That's it. End quote. There's really not much more that has to be said. Joel Quinville is one of those guys that does get to the point and he's very direct with his players. He called them out after that game against Edmonton. And what happened as they began their five-game road trip, they went and beat San Jose. San Jose is not exactly a world beater right now. In fact, San Jose has their own bit of news as they let Brendan Dillon go from their team on a trade that happened on Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday where this trade happened, where the San Jose Sharks made a trade with the Washington Capitals. Uh, Brendan Dillon went to Washington in exchange for a second-round pick and a third-round pick. And that was reported yesterday by Pierre Lebrun. So the Sharks are going to be... Or the Sharks had their last game with Brendan Dillon, didn't end Dillon's way. The rest of the road trip for Florida, they have at Anaheim, at LA, at Vegas, at Arizona. 
This is going to be the front end of a back-to-back for the Florida Panthers. So they will be somewhat fresher. This is also after a day off for the Anaheim Ducks as well. They had the day off. It was a travel day on Tuesday. Both teams are traveling to Anaheim for this game. And the Ducks are looking to have another bounce back game after another poor effort against the Calgary Flames. Uh, The Ducks are still led by Ryan Getzloff as far as points per game. As far as the Panthers, they're a team that is desperately trying to get into the playoffs. In their last 22 seasons, they've made the playoffs a total of four times. They have not made it past the first round in the past 22 seasons. That's how bad this is. There's 24 games left for Florida. They are now on the outside looking in after having this bad stretch. You know, they were only maybe five or six points behind Tampa Bay. Of course, Tampa Bay has their own winning streak going on. But Florida is suffering that poorly right now. They're four points out of a playoff spot. They're kind of in that logjam as far as teams within playoff reach. You look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're four points ahead. You look at Florida. Sorry, Toronto's two points ahead. Florida's right there. Then you have the Islanders, the Blue Jackets, the Flyers, the Hurricanes. They are all in that 68 to 72 point range. Oh, Florida has the 68 points. Five. No. Yeah, five teams have 70 to 72 points. So Florida has to get through that log jam of teams. And it really begins for them with this road trip. So it's a more important game for Florida. They need to win these games. They're desperately trying to get into the playoffs. Kind of like Calgary right now. Calgary is also a desperate team. Those two wins against the Ducks were very vital for them. Because looking at the Pacific Division, Edmonton, Vegas, Vancouver, Calgary, Arizona, they're all within two points of each other. It is that close in the Pacific Division. It is really going to come down to the absolute wire. As of this moment, the Edmonton Oilers, yes, those Oilers, they're back in first place. One day it's Vancouver, the next day it's Vegas, then it's Edmonton, Arizona's been first place, Calgary's been first place. Every California team has not been in first place for a long time. You know, all three California teams are on the outside looking in. They're on the bottom of the standings. It is how it is. Anaheim is among those teams. They're coming off a bad a bad loss. They are 5-3-2 and two in their last 10 games, and they have seen improved play. In fact, they've seen improved play since Derek Grant came back from injury. I'm just saying. But Florida is still led by some of their premier goal scorers, and it starts, it ends and starts with Jonathan Huberdeau. Huberdeau is still a dark horse pick for me as far, well, maybe not anymore, but he was a dark horse for the MVP race early this season. Huberdeau has 71 points, leading the Florida Panthers in points. Someone else that the Ducks have to watch out for is Dadanov and Hoffman, who have 24 and 22 goals respectively on that team. Florida is looking to have a big bounce back, but again, 22 seasons without getting past the first round, that is bad. That is, that's Seattle Mariners bad. If I'm going to compare the Florida Panthers to a team, it's going to be the Seattle Mariners in baseball. The Mariners have never won a World Series. Florida's never won a Stanley Cup. The last time Florida was in the playoffs for a long period of time, 
that was that long run to the Stanley Cup Finals all the way back in 1996. And that was a great team. You know, they had the rats flying down in Miami Arena. Those were fun times. Ever since then, it has been nothing but disappointment for Florida. In fact, that 95-96 season is the only time in franchise history where they even made it past the first round. So they have got a huge chip on their shoulders trying to get back into the playoffs and trying to turn around the franchise in general. So that's what the Ducks have to face, and that's what Florida has to face. They do not want to have more disappointment in their franchise history. Before we go into the first intermission, I want to tell you how Locked On Anaheim Ducks can help your business with advertising. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Anaheim Ducks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ducks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with other Anaheim Ducks fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast because local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to take a quick look at some college prospects, in particular three prospects that we have talked about in the recent past. And we're going to begin with the Harvard Crimson. Yeah, Harvard men's hockey that was here in SoCal just earlier this year as they played in the uh, college, I guess the SoCal Clash against the Arizona State Sun Devils, which by the way, Arizona State right now is in the top 10 rankings for all of college D1 hockey. They look like they might get into the Frozen Four, and that is rare air for them. So I'm just going to say, if ASU can hold on, I'll say congrats to them. They played a very fantastic game. But let's start with the Harvard Crimson. Uh, They come off of a couple of ties against Yale and Brown. As of right now, the Harvard Crimson are 11-8-6 overall, 9-4-5 in their conference. They are ranked 20th in the country as of this current moment. As far as the two Ducks prospects, we're looking at Henry Thrun and Jack Bedini. Jack Bedini is a junior, and right now he didn't score any points on over the weekend. Jack Bedini is still, you know, trying to figure out his place in the roster right now. As far as Henry Thrun goes, he's a freshman defense player. One of the best defensemen on the Harvard team. He scored a point over the weekend. In fact, uh, Thrun scored exactly one point. Assisting on a goal from Nick Abrizi to put the Harvard Crimson within one. They will later tie the game with uh, six on five with about a minute left. So Harvard 
wound up tying that game. So for what it's worth, they're still getting some standings points. They're still doing okay, I guess. As far as the two players that I talked about, the two Ducks prospects, Henry Thrun right now, he has 17 points in 25 games, two goals, 15 assists. As far as Jack Bedini, uh, Jack Bedini, as of right now, has only 12 points in 25 games. Bedini got off to a very fast start this season and has cooled off pretty much since the SoCal clash. In fact, he hasn't scored a goal. Actually, he's only scored one goal since Christmas. That's how long of a goal drought he has been in. Uh, Again, very hot start for him, but since then he had one goal against Dartmouth. And then you have to go all the way back to 2019 to see the previous time he scored, which was against Arizona State. That was it. Since then, he has been pretty ice cold. And now let's go to the man that everyone wants to talk about. We're going to talk about the BU Terriers. They find themselves also on the outside looking in. They are currently ranked 25th in the country. They're also on the outside looking in as far as the top 16. They are 12, 9, and 8 overall. 9, 5, and 5 in conference. So both Harvard and BU are trying to find their footing to go in. Harvard only has four games left, and they're against either a very tough opponent or someone that is not ranked. So Harvard has got a more precarious schedule. They need to win all four of their games. BU, they only have five games left in their schedule. They have two against the UConn Huskies, a home-and-home this coming weekend. Those are going to be very crucial games. By the way, one of those is the Miracle on Ice 40th Anniversary Button Giveaway, for what it's worth. Uh, UConn is also a pretty well-ranked hockey team. I would say that Boston University, the Terriers have to win both these games to stay in the race to get in the top 16 as far as the Frozen Four goes. Then after that, they got some really tough games. So let's see how Boston University does this weekend. As far as their main star, well, look no further than Trevor Zegris, the standout star for the World Junior Championships back during Christmas time. And then look at what he's done since then. He has been on pretty much a nice little tear as of recent. Uh, Let's go back all the way to January 18th, so only a month ago. He scored two points against Boston College, three points against UMass Lowell, another one against UMass, one against Vermont, one against BC, two against Northeastern, that was that Beanpot Championship game, and then at New Hampshire, he scored three points, a goal and two apples against New Hampshire. So this weekend, he is looking to really capitalize on this run he's been in playing against the Yukon Huskies. And it's really been a great run as of recent. Uh, Zegers right now in 28 games has 32 points, which almost leads the team. He's got 11 goals and 21 assists. And really, the assists are what matters because he's making some silky smooth assists, especially on one of those goals against New Hampshire. Um, you know, Zegers is still one of these standout stars. He was a top 10 pick for the Anaheim Ducks last year. And as far as a nice assist, I would look no further then a directly beautiful pass to Patrick Harper to put BU up to nothing. I think I retweeted that maybe. Uh, but Trevor Zegers' goal was nice. It was a nice goal. But that assist, man, I mean, he's got some of the best hands 
probably in all of college hockey. He is the Ducks, one of the Ducks' top prospects. And I know Ducks fans are looking forward to seeing Trevor Zegras in a Ducks uniform. Once again, if he is one and done, I would expect Zegras to possibly play for the Ducks next season if he wants to continue on. If he wants to play one more year at Boston University, I'm fine with that too. I still think there is maybe some slight room for development. He could possibly want to avenge that loss in the bean pot. Or maybe he just wants to experience the Frozen Four for himself, should BU not make it this season. So there's a lot of possibilities as far as what Zegris is going to do after this season. So, you know, let's see what happens this year first. Let's see if Boston University can win these last five games. Uh, coming up after the second intermission, I open up the mailbag and answer some questions that you folks asked. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as I open up the mailbag for this final segment. And I have a few questions, a couple from last week that I wanted to bring up right away. And we will start with Dylan Hussain from at Dylan Hockey 3. What's up, Dylan? First question he asked was, I know the Samuelis don't want it. But how successful do you think a Ducks rebranding with the eggplant and teal would be? Okay, I love those jerseys. In fact, I do have a Ducks jersey from way back when, from the early, sorry, the late 90s. That is one of my favorite jerseys of all time. You could ask other Locked On hosts. Heck, you could ask other NHL hosts. And they would say, which jersey do you prefer for the Ducks? The ones from the Mighty Ducks films from the 90s? Or the current ones. And almost unanimously they would say they love the eggplant and teal. And yeah, I said less than optimal sales of current gear. During the preseason game, they sold the old jerseys for as low as $20. And they still didn't sell out. So I think going back to eggplant and teal, that'd be more successful than the orange they have right now. Even the anniversary jerseys from last season, the rebranding of the old Ducks logo with some of the 25th anniversary silver season colors, that jersey did look nice. I mean, the numbering is still eh, but, you know, it's better than what they have now. The only jersey I like as of current are the orange alternates. Yes, it is still a lot of orange, but at least they brought back the old logo. And I would say the stuff with that old logo sells much better than the webbed foot logo. And besides, the 90s are making a comeback, right? I mean, look at what the Blues are doing. The St. Louis Blues brought back their 90s uniforms. The Kings brought back their 90s uniforms. A lot of teams are bringing back their old uniforms from the 90s. So maybe it is that time. Anaheim Ducks, get on it. Go back to being the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Bring back those jerseys for a few days a year. Why the heck not? This next question comes from Taylor Blake Ward, just across Catella. Uh, of course, Taylor Blake Ward is the host of Locked on Angels. And he asks this question, what is the hockey equivalent to war and where is the easiest place to access hockey analytics? So this one I had to think about, maybe the hockey equivalent to war, I would say for goaltending at least, maybe not so much for players, but as far as goaltending goes, I like the GAR or the goals above replacement 
which is a stat used for goaltending. Um, that adds up the total net goals added or saved by each skater and goalie based on his box score stats. So when I think about Hockey GAR, there are two sites that I look at the most as far as hockey analytics. One of them is more article-driven. I love 538. I am a fan of basketball. 538 has some of the best advanced stats as far as basketball goes. Um, When I went to Boston for the analytics conference, 538 was one of the websites that was prominent out there. And I just love the stuff they put on there. In fact, there was an article that came out just an hour ago um, on 538, which talked about NHL coaches that have been on thin ice all season. And they actually talk about GAR, where coaches that got fired this season tended to have bad goalies. You know, the Minnesota Wild, they're ranked 23rd on GAR rank. The Maple Leafs were 24th, San Jose 25th, Nashville 26th, Vegas 29th, New Jersey 30th. Despite the fact that Toronto is 4th in the league in offensive GAR rank, Nashville is 9th, and Vegas is 15th, they still got their coaches fired because of bad goaltending. And a big site that I use for hockey analytics, and this one I always look forward to seeing every day, Natural Stats Trick. Natural Stat Trick has some of the best hockey analytics out there. They have analytics for every game. In fact, if you look at the site for tonight's game versus the Florida Panthers, they have heat maps for the last 10 games for both the Ducks and the Panthers. And looking at the heat maps for the Panthers, you could see where they've been slumping. They've been allowing a ton of goals up close. And the attempts for the heat map isn't as good for Florida as far as getting shots you know, in the high danger zone. Most of their shots have come from the perimeter. As far as the Ducks go, they've allowed a ton of attempts up close. Then again, most of those attempts were on the two games versus Calgary. Aside from that, they're fine. Even looking at their offense, for some reason, a lot of their shots have come from the point recently. So those are some trends that I look at as far as, you know, where I can find hockey analytics. So once again, 538 for their articles, and Natural Stat Trick, one of the best analytics sites out there. If you want analytics game per game and some good heat maps, that's a great place to go. Uh, This next question comes from Jason Block at Beat the Block. Okay, Zach Cash in suspension. Too much, too little, or just right? He's a repeat offender. He's already been suspended once prior to the last suspension. He was suspended for two games earlier in the season. So yeah, he's a repeat offender. That was a dangerous play. As soon as I saw it, as soon as I read that there was going to be that in-person hearing, I knew it was going to be five plus games. I predicted seven to ten games because that is a very, very dangerous play. He came maybe nine to ten inches away from landing that blade on the guy's neck, which is bad. If it was even three or four inches higher that could have gone on the vulnerable part of the body where the, I guess, padding is lessened. So when I saw that play, that could have been so much worse. And that's something uncalled for. That's a sharp blade. People forget that hockey blades are very sharp. If you guys play hockey, you know, you sharpen your skates. Those things are sharp. We've seen players in the past get sliced by skate blades. Look no further then Clint Malarchuk, who got that neck slicing. That was one of the most gruesome plays in all of hockey, where blood was spewing on the ice. Malarchuk was the goalie for the Buffalo Sabres at the time of that. 
So again, very dangerous play. I had 7 to 10. It could have been more than 7 games, so it's not too much. Maybe it's slightly too little. Maybe it's just right, but it could have easily been a 10-game suspension. So thanks, Jason, for that question. Uh, let's go over to Carly, at Carly Brie A, who simply asks, favorite Starbucks drink? Okay, I don't drink Starbucks. In fact, the last time I had Starbucks was maybe three years ago, something like that. So I'm more of a coffee bean and tea leaf kind of guy, but I also, if I have coffee, I prefer the local mom and pop shops. Um, there's a great place called Badass Coffee. They make really fantastic coffee. Uh, I've even had Tim Hortons more recently than Starbucks. I had Tim Hortons last year. I mean, I still go to Canada once in a while. Tim Hortons, they have a Tim Hortons out near the border. So yeah, I've been to Tim Hortons more recently. I also like Dunkin' Donuts, but so does David Pasternak. <laughs> One more question, and this is also coming from Dylan Hossein at Dylan Hockey 3. And this one I had to think about. His question was, what would you create for the New York Rangers as a mascot? Okay, first off, the Rangers technically have a mascot, Ranger the Pup. I'm a dog lover. Ranger the Pup is awesome. But to be really serious here, I think New York is one of those cities where their teams really do not need a mascot. Yes, I know Mr. Met is awesome for the Mets. There's that. But look at all the other sporting teams out there. You know, you have the Islanders. They have their dragon. Okay, but that's Long Island. That's different. Look at baseball. The New York Yankees, they don't have a mascot. Look at the basketball team. The New York Knicks in that same arena. They do not have a mascot. They don't need a mascot. And I don't think the Rangers need a mascot. But if if they were to have one, I would try to use something kind of like their alternate jerseys from the early 2000s. They had the Lady Liberty alternate jersey. And those are great jerseys. In fact, I still see fans once in a while with those jerseys. Um, should they bring them back? I think they could. I mean, they brought them in, I want to say, 96, 97. They kept them all the way until just past the strike. That was until they switched to the Reebok Edge jerseys. So I would say if there was a possibility of a mascot, maybe something based on the Lady Liberty jerseys, but not something tacky like those sign twirlers for the Liberty taxes. Yes, we've all seen them in Southern California. The people that twirl the signs, they're dressed up like the Statue of Liberty. Not something like that, but maybe something a little more tasteful, something a little better. So that's a possibility if the Rangers were to have a mascot. I still don't think they need one. But if they had a choice or if they had a chance to have a mascot, maybe that would be a possibility. But again, I still don't think they need one. You know, they're the New York Rangers. They play at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Just like the Knicks also play at Madison Square Garden. They don't have a mascot. They don't need one. So thank you all for asking those questions. I'll open up the mailbag probably in a couple of weeks. And I want to remind you that you can hear this podcast or any of the previous shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Or follow me personally at StimpyJD. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe if you have not already. And I want to let you guys know what we have coming up. Tomorrow, Thursday, it is Locked on Goals. As we do every Thursday, we dedicate a podcast to the AHL affiliate of the Ducks, the San Diego Goals. That will be tomorrow's show. 
on Friday, we will have our regular Ducks podcast. It will be probably recapping the Panthers game and some other stuff going on around the league. And then Monday, oh, Monday is episode number 100. What do I have in store for episode number 100? Well, you're just going to have to tune in and find out here on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Once again, episode number 100 is Monday, so be sure to check that out. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great hump day. I'll see you at the arena, and hey Anaheim, Ducks, fly together. <laughs>